On today's episode of More Important Issues, we talk Vol basketball, we look at some recruiting news, we talk about the Super Bowl as best we can, we bring the NFL awards to you, and today's segments include Most Important of the Week and Fail of the Week. More Important Issues is brought to you by MyBookie. Guys, keep betting even though the NFL playoffs are over. There's so much to bet on. You've got NBA basketball, you've got college basketball, MLB is right around the corner, spring training starts in j- here in just a few weeks. Guys, don't miss out on the action. My bookie is the best bet this season. Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. If you don't believe me, go check out my bookie for yourself. If you join now, my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for any betting you plan on doing. Just use the promo code ISSUE when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code ISSUE, I-S-S-U-E. Head on over to my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Monday, February 4th. I'm Caleb Mitchell. Joining me, Landon Raby. We're coming at you a day later, as you can tell, because of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Football's over. How many days until pitchers and catchers report? Well, maybe. TBD. Yeah. I'm not going to call that football yet until I watch it. Okay, that's fair. Talking about the AAFL, if you guys were curious, the American Alliance Football League, is that correct? Yeah, something like that. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to call it football just yet because we were just listing off the quarterbacks in it, and if they play anything like they did in college, we're not going to call them. We're not going to call it a football league. Yeah, but it's good to get some balls in there. It is. I actually have a list of the okay. balls that are on there. Um, so for the Memphis Express, you have Corey Vereen, Pig Howard, Justin Martin, Rajon Neal, Dallas Thomas, and Colton Jumper, and then for the Atlanta Legends, Matt Sims. Matt Sims, the only one not playing for the Express. I think it's set up every year play for the team your college was like is designated to, and then but they draft the quarterbacks. So yep. that's the only difference. Um, I mean, cool to cool to see everybody getting chances. Really cool to see guys that like, you know, could could probably get chances any given year, but you know, due to circumstances, whether it be guys in their draft class that were just way better than them at that certain position. Um, or even like Pig Howard's size, and then he was in some trouble coming out of college. So guys like Corey Vereen and Pig Howard, who probably have, you know, some of the talent to be there, and just some circumstances happened while they were trying to start their career, it didn't happen. Really cool to see because they they probably could have played in the NFL. Um, oh, you know, it just different different circumstances, different times. So that's that's really cool. Uh, it is a cool it is cool to have. I'm glad they're doing it in the spring and not trying to compete with the NFL. Yeah. So, and it gives a little bit more, like you said, you wouldn't call it football yet, but it, it gives you at least that opportunity to have some football in your life. Right, absolutely. And then, I mean, the league before uh, the AFL, the um, – XFL. No, the, the league that uh, – oh, what was it? They took um, – oh, my gosh, running back for Georgia. What's his name? Oh, my word. Marino? No, no, no. Running back from Georgia. Oh, God. National Marino. No, no, no. O- older than that. Older? Eight, 80s? Um, Walter Payton? Who was it? I can't remember. But he, because uh, he left Georgia early. I think it was Georgia. Left Georgia early. So he had to compete in that league because the NFL wouldn't take him. Hmm. Well, it might have been, or it might have been, I don't remember what it was. Um, so, I mean, maybe we'll see something like that. Really good college player. Or, or maybe guys just prove themselves. 
in the uh, this new league and get taken Herschel by Walker. the NFL. Herschel Walker. Yeah. Um, and get taken by the NFL. I feel like the Patriots will definitely take chances on guys that prove themselves in this new league. Yeah. Like, you know, the the Patriots will win a Super Bowl in the next two to three years with some guy that showed himself in that league, for sure. Yeah. It's just the Patriots' way. We'll get into them winning the freaking Super Bowl later. I mean, I guess they're more deserving than the Rams, but... Yeah, that, I, don't, I mean, I don't we're going to get into the Super Bowl, but that was yeah. not a great time. No, it wasn't. And, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, the good news is this weekend, we're still number one. Tennessee, I don't even care about football. Screw it. We're a basketball school. Why, I don't even, why am I even <coughs> watching football? Tennessee football hasn't done anything for me lately, but Tennessee basketball is doing the trick. And they even, like, you know, brought it in close there for a minute. I'm just looking at the stats, um, looking over them. We only shot four free throws. <laughs> yeah. On Saturday. And when you're shooting 65% from the field, you don't really have to not get to the no. free throw line. Um, speaking of that 65%, I was – a lot of people weren't happy with my comment. And it wasn't meant to be, like, negative to other ball fans who were saying our defense needs to improve. I think that was pretty obvious. I said, I would love to play great defense. All caps, love. But it really doesn't matter when you're shooting almost 70%. Yeah. That's true. I mean – that's obviously not going to happen every night, so your defense has to improve. But you scored 93 points. You shot set. It's not like you were just jacking up shots. You shot 70 or 65% from the field. You're 45% from uh, the three-point line. I mean, I don't I feel like they out we out-rebounded them. <laughs> it yeah. could have it could have been better defensively, but what's the big deal? You yeah. know? They gave or we got five guys in double figures, and it wasn't like they had just had like ten points, eleven points. Like they had sixteen, twenty-two, eighteen. You know, it, it was kind of up there in the teens, nineteen, fourteen. Um, so I mean, the, you know, we're getting guys close, five guys close to twenty points a game, right? So that's insane. And I mean, we've definitely found our six that we're going to rotate. Um, outside of that six, really no one else got minutes. And Rick Barnes even said in his press conference today that they've they've got to they have to have more quality minutes from those guys that are deeper in the rotation. Um, but I mean, when you have six, you mentioned those five guys that scored in double figures. Uh, I mean, Kyle Alexander had eight rebounds. Yes, only four points, but he had eight rebounds. Um, and he has the ability to go score eh, ten points, you know, a night. Not he won't be up there in the you know fifteen twenty, but he has the ability to score ten on any given night. Um, I mean, when you have six guys like that, you, you, yeah, it's gonna be nice to get a deep bench, especially when you get into where you're playing, you know, every other night when you get into uh, SEC conference or tournament play and March Madness. But those six right there, I mean, just flat out, they're they're probably the best six. Top to bottom in the country. Oh yeah, I don't think you're going to find a better. And you have Grant Williams that you know is is probably going to be a, a first team um, All American. Um, but I, I feel like Jordan Bone is your MVP this this far into the season. Um, he's in complete command of the offense. Um, he, he's the biggest reason why we're leading the SEC in points per game, assist to turnover ratio, assist. Um, you know, he's just in. Com- complete command um and does so many so many good stuff for us just like getting re- he had five rebounds i mean right. what point guard do you know that's able to get in there and and fight for rebounds Tennessee so is able to find the open guy get in transition and if you saw his last 
I think it was the last drive to the basket against Texas A&M. You know, they had to kind of be on their back feet or on their, on their heels, um, the defender was, just to respect his speed. Yeah. He was able to just almost walk to right. the basket. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned him being the MVP of this team. I definitely agree. Because biggest part, obviously, it's obvious what Grant Williams gives us, and it's probably somewhat of a toss-up. But the reason I would give the nod to Jordan Bone is because we know what this team is when it's just Grant Williams, like last year. When night in, night out, the only guy you could really count on was Grant Williams. Now you have this team that, yeah, you have a lot. You know, Jordan Bowden's gotten better and stepped up. Same for Lamonte, Schofield, and Alexander. All those guys have gotten better and stepped up. But the way Jordan Bones changed his game and improved has, how you mentioned, just you know elevated this team to new heights. Um, without Jordan Bone, you could have Bowden playing the way he is, Schofield playing the way he is, Turner playing the way he is, Alexander playing the way he is, and we wouldn't be twenty and one. We wouldn't be eight and zero in conference play. Yeah. He's he's the, you know he he's the components in the engine that make it work. And you know uh, his ability to help us spread the floor by moving the ball around, by running the offense on the court. It, he just he's the best point guard in the country right now. Yeah, and I, I want to point out Grant Williams. I feel like he did a phenomenal job of um, getting back to kind of what he did best, you know, starting off his career at Tennessee, and that's dominating the paint, yeah. um, getting assists, getting blocks, getting rebounds. Um, he had four assists, ten rebounds, two blocks. Um, and, that I mean, he's going to he's gonna get his points. Right. Um, but when he's able to make an impact in, you know, pretty much every aspect of the game, that that's, that's when he – takes over a game right and you mentioned his 10 rebounds we had two guys in double double and double uh with double doubles hey, in creeping. that game they're creeping into creeping into <laughs> into triple doubles um you also had a stat from grant williams that i'm going to mention is uh he leads the sec in scoring this is i saw two people tweet it. i don't think this is the original guy oh no this was the original guy blake von hagen um tweeted grant williams leads the sec in scoring about 56 points and has less shot attempts than the five guys behind him. So there's five guys behind him that have shot the ball more, including Admiral Schofield, um, shot the ball more than him, and he's leading the second closest guy by 56 points. So, I mean, it just shows how accurate he is, and his really this entire team, for the most part, there's been some, you know, I'm not going to say 100% all year long, but this team, for the most part, shot selection has been really good. And yeah. that showed on Saturday, too. You don't make 65% with poor shot selection. It's not yeah. like they're, everything was just – obviously, you got to get a little you know hot to have that much go in. But you also have to pick out the right shots. And they did that. And they've done that pretty consistently all year. Yeah, and getting into the open man is part of that, too, just mm-hmm. um, moving the basketball. Yep. They, they did a really good job of finding, uh, finding the open man on the floor. Uh, I mean, if you just – if you watch series after series of this team – you, you can tell how in sync they are. Um, and, ha- I mean, they're able to find uh, anyone. And, and though, you know, the two guys that stand out that are able really to really to find anyone are, are Bone and Williams. It seems like they can be in they can be in loads of traffic, guys all over them, and they'll find the open guy. And uh, Lamonte Turner, I, I just looked at this. He had seven assists. Yeah. And I think he's become – and it's probably because of the way Bone's, play, Bones played. He's been able to kind of watch him. And see how he needs to operate because he's had to run point a few times uh, when Bones out of the game, and he's done a much better job than he was pre-injury. Mm-hmm. Um, we we said at the beginning of the year you're going to need to find someone because you can't expect Bone to go 40 minutes for you yeah. every game. We need to find someone else. Bowden wasn't the answer; he couldn't do it. 
Um, we know Schofield, he just can't put the ball on the floor well enough to control an offense. Uh, so the question was, could Turner do it? And I'm, I, Turner's not as good as Bone, but he's doing a good job being able to hold it down when he's off the floor. Yeah. And he, he's being much more aggressive, which is good. Yeah, and, and you mentioned his seven assists. Tennessee had a total of 28 assists versus Texas A&M's 16. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of that came at the end when we were able to just pull away. It seems like Texas A&M just had nothing left. They had guys – um, Mitchell had thirty uh, played thirty seven minutes. Starks had thirty eight minutes, and Flag had thirty nine minutes. So, um, you know, I just feel like we wore them down, and they had nothing left because they weren't yeah. able to go to their bench. They couldn't go to their bench. Those guys that were, um, you know, shooting some of their, they were playing. Some of those guys were playing their career games. Yeah, and it wasn't enough. And you knew they knew they couldn't go to their bench. They only uh, played seven too far. guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean they they knew they couldn't go too far to their bench. It was just it wasn't going to be possible. Um, and, and they had a couple guys that played really well, but you mentioned how long how many minutes they had to go. You, you just can't keep that up against a team like this for forty minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I mean, looking at the defense, one of our biggest problems is the way we play help defense, and we just we overhelp, and we've mm-hmm. got to fix it. There's times that we we help and leave guys, and we help at the wrong times. Um, we have guys backside either getting lost, losing a man, or stepping to help for no reason, um, and and that's got to get fixed. Just because teams are gonna teams are learning to screen to screen against us, and they know we're gonna help and find that open man, find find the guy that's getting left once we double team. Yeah. Um, and they're they're doing a really good job at it. That's why A and M was able to stay in it for so long until you mentioned wearing them down. Um, and part of that wearing down is because this Tennessee team, we talked about how they can go on those runs and really put you away with a 10, you know, a 10, run, 10, two run. And that's a big part of it, but we can't rely on that every game. Yeah. We've got to find ways to go just in the defensive stretch, create turnovers, get big stops and plus do it on the offensive end. We can't just wait for them to cool down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something I kind of want to point out, just kind of nitpicking at, um, the game on on Saturday was we gave up 13 offensive rebounds. That can't happen, um, right? Especially with the talent we have down low. Kyle Alexander has to do a better job, and so does Grant and Admiral um, and Fulgerson and Walker. You know, all those guys have to do a better job of um, keeping guys off the glass, especially especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and you know, like you said, we kind of overhelp and give up too many open threes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if a team's able to light it up from three, like, say, like, Bowen was four for four from the field. Say yeah. a team has two guys that's four for four from the field. That's um, 24 points. Yeah. Right and, there. and, I mean, it helped that Vandy cooled off. Yeah. I mean, that's a good example of, you know, if you're if you're waiting on that to happen, you can't count on it. Right. So, because, I mean, the obvious, Jordan Bowen proved it. You have guys that can do that. I mean, Turner was three, three for six. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a as a guard, you you kind of you take those. Those are good shots. I mean, that's a good percentage right there from three. Yeah, and it, it's a lot in the corner. We give up so much on the corner, right? Um, I just we see we have too many guys crash, and I think we, I, I feel like end of, we have five really good six, seven really in, good individual defenders. I don't know why it's taking so much to. To slow it down, like I feel like it shouldn't take that much help defense. Yeah, that that's my thing. I th- feel like if they get by, 
your first guy, then the the post comes and helps in the paint. But yeah. other than that, like the wings shouldn't be squeezing every time. Yeah, yeah, you know. I agree. And 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 you meant you said it before you you got into yours. You said we're kind of nitpicking because we are. You you won by seventeen. Yeah. You know, like how much can you complain when you're given? You know, yeah, you're giving up seventy six points in the game, but you scored ninety three. Well, what's the big deal? I, and I I agree to an extent, but. You can't expect to go sixty five percent every night, and I, I'm with it. Um, I'm with that for sure. And the defense can get better, um, but I mean, the last two games we scored ninety two and ninety three. Games before that, eighty eight, eighty three. Um, I mean, the, our average in SEC play is is really solid. Our average throughout the season's eighty six and or almost eighty seven points. Um, even with those, you know, even with that game. And a few, you know, a few others that were pretty high scoring. Our average points allowed is sixty-eight. That it's good basketball. It is, yeah. and yeah, there's some there's some times it looks bad, and pretty much the whole year we've been giving up the three ball. And what sucks is I feel like we get into it, we finally get into a rhythm in the game defensively, and we start playing good defense, but the team's already hot and they're making everything at that point. Right. So we've got to we've got to really fix that early on, and maybe that's just kind of a a thing maybe give up those layups early in the game and really defend the three ball so they don't get comfortable and then you can start helping you know because is someone going to heat up if they're not shooting well 10 minutes in i don't know i feel like i'd take those chances better than them coming out the gates shooting yeah so um i'm sure they'll get it figured out we've we've mentioned this every week if anyone's going to get it fixed it's this team i don't know when that's going to happen i hope before this stretch of games coming up happens or yeah, I hope it happens before this stretch of games because you've got two, I'd call them, you know, for sure wins, maybe three for sure wins, and then you hit a stretch where not in, not out, not only are you getting everyone's best shot, you're getting good basketball teams. Yeah. Um, Schofield, Schofield, a lot of people have mentioned how his, his shot looks different. I mean, I don't, I haven't paid attention. I'm going to try to watch that on Wednesday night, um, but... I, I don't know. They they talked about how his shot just has looked different since, I guess, since he's cooled off for the season. Um, so I wonder if I don't know if he's purposefully trying to tweak that. I, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I don't know about that. But I'm definitely ready for this Missouri game. Um, we're still number one. Still number one. Kentucky moved up to number five. I saw that. It, it's you know. Uh, someone said if you could take a split for Kentucky, this is last week, um, would you take it? Yeah, I think I'd take that right now. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, with a team like that, you're not guaranteed a single win. Um, so if I was going to guarantee it, I think I'd take the split. Could we beat them? Could we two, You know, could we sweep them? Absolutely. It's very possible. Uh, but this team, that team's getting better. They're getting better quick. Um, and we're getting – I mean, we have guys getting better, though. Derek Walker's playing better. Um you know, I I think I guess that's really. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we got to go away from Ponds. Yeah, Jalen Johnson looks J- fine. Jalen Johnson is playing better. I I don't know where if there's a need for him or will be this year, but it's good to know that he's there. Yeah. Um, there there. I think there is a need for Walker though. I mean, Fulkerson's not playing great, uh, and I I don't think we expect him to. Yeah. And but I and I would like to see Ponds playing better, just because. He was. I felt like he was a good, def- really good defender at the beginning they, of the year. And I don't know if, if this is possible or you know, but what if they tried to like put him down low? 
I feel like he'd be more effective. Yeah, that's what I If think. you tell him not to leave his feet until, like, at the rim, you have to. Yeah, because, like, I mean, if somebody tries to, like, square him up and shoot over the top of him, he's just going to jump up and block yeah. the shot. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's – I think he's strong enough where he's not going to just let somebody just bury him. Yeah, he's not going to be bullied unless it's, you know, an NBA prospect guy that's just naturally gifted. And there's no one really in the SEC that I think could go pound for pound and just dominate him. No. I mean, no nobody on Kentucky's roster is just, you know, controlling the paint like that. Yeah. So – I mean, I mean, I'm sure that's something to look at. I, I, I think we could get play out of them. I just at this point, I don't know where. Um, other than again, I think if there's a guy just beating us that you know too, too quick, um, face guard him, yeah. almost like a boxing one. Put him on him and and let him let everybody else do whatever you know. However you think that matchup needs to happen, and let him just man up the guy. Yeah, but like you said, like we have six other guys that can defend guys like that. So I mean, yeah. What is he giving us? Like he that, gives us nothing else on the floor than Turner, Bowden, or yeah, Schofield does. Yeah, and and Bone. Um, I feel like he uh, he guarded Starks, and I feel like that was probably their best player was that guard. Yeah. But I mean, Bone Bone's probably our second or not second, third, fourth best defender on the team. Yeah, uh, I mean, him and Lamonte are out there together. I think I'd go probably Grant and then. Uh, Bowden or, or vice versa. I might take Bowden just because he's quicker. Yeah. Uh, so, but again, it depends on who you're guarding. But then I'm probably Lamonte and Bone right there. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm I'm sure you could toss Schofield up in that, that mix too. Uh, those top four. But yeah, I mean, we just have so many. We have a lot of good defenders, and, and I mean, most of that's just buying in and being committed to defending. Yeah. So and they all are. Yeah, and I think there's there's more than just guarding the shot. Like you have to box out and yeah, you know, p- keep people off the glass. You got to rotate and you know you got to help, but you you also can't overhelp. Right. That so. that's I I mean I think that's um, one of Schofield's big problems is I I feel like he fails. He's not. Hang. This is my knock on Grant too. It, and I think it's probably a pride thing for Grant is he switches too much when I don't think he needs to. Like guys are going to be faster than him. He's got to he's got to accept that. And switches yeah. don't always need to happen. Um, you know, if you can stay, if you if, there's times that you have to just because of the way the screen happens, you got to make a quick switch. He gets around the edge fast. Um, there are a lot of times I feel like he'll switch off to and he'll be guarding the faster guy and get beat around the, the edge. And he usually makes a good recovery play, but the guy should never even be able to drive the paint. And that's sometimes when they're able to kick it out. Yeah. Because um, everybody collapses. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, if, if that switch doesn't need to happen, just – I mean, Bone's fat, Bone and Bowden both get through screens really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it take it took Bowden, I think, in the West Virginia game a while to get there. He was defending pretty poor when he first came in. Um, but then after he was able to fight through screens, it – it wasn't wasn't a problem the rest of the game, so we do have to fix our our defense um, when we're getting screened. Yeah, people are going to keep doing it until we stop it too. Yeah, and you know this Tennessee team, um, we are at home against Missouri. They're eleven nine two and six in the conference. Um, it's a nine o'clock tip off, so pretty. Late. I didn't see that. Wow, um, that's terrible. But you know they got that uh, sixteen straight win, big win. Big yeah. win for you know the the longest streak in in school history, and I, I don't feel like they're satisfied. I don't feel no. like that's something that they really cared about. You know their goal is to win a national championship, 
um, right. and win an SEC championship. So, looking at this Missouri team, uh, I feel like the last matchup we had, Kyle Alexander, you know, gave us a lot offensively. Um, had 14 points, 17 rebounds. So, I want to see him back um, and getting some getting some love on offense, you know, just being effective. Even if it's, you know, cleaning up the glass or, um, you know, getting the ball in the paint and able to just – you know, scoop it over somebody else. I mean, he does a great job of that. I don't know why we don't really – I guess we don't have to utilize him on offense. Yeah. But, um, you know, I sure do like to see when he's able to knock down shots as well. Right. Um, he's he's important in this game because this, this Missouri team is going to come in and be physical from the get-go. Yep. They're going to challenge Grant Williams – and I think the reason – I mean, I think the big reason they are is they're going to make – they're going to make the rest make calls down low. They fouled, they've got him fouled out of the last game, um, and they're going to they're gonna attack us there because they don't have any phenomenal shooters. I, I'm curious to see what they do in the in the ball screen game because yeah. since Vanderbilt, everybody's attacked us on the ball screen. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see, see what happens with that. Um, their guards weren't super impressive, though, to me last time we played. Yeah. Um, so – that is kind of a question. Like, will are they fast enough? Do they think they can beat us on that, or will they just come in and do what they did last time? And they had us, you know, they had us in a good game. They led until it was it changed out, but then they led with five minutes left in the first half by by one at one by nine uh, at one point in the game, and then by one with five minutes left, and we took over the lead and ran away with it. But they challenged us. They did a lot of things well. And I think, but I think it gets to, you talked about Texas A&M and how we kind of wore them down. Yeah. I think it kind of gets into that as we wore them down. And even though our best player didn't play his best game, you had a lot of guys step up. Bowden had the Bowden was leading scorer. Um, Lamonte was still coming back. He wasn't quite a hundred percent fully there. Right. Now he wasn't starting at that point either. Um, but yeah, I I think they definitely come out with the same a similar strategy where they attack us down low and and I think they're gonna either. Ask for a career day from Alexander again, challenge him there, and try to get Grant into foul trouble. And that's going to be their how they're going to play because they want to see if the uh, these other guys are going to step up. And I mean, we've seen it, we've those guys have proven it. Bone, Schofield, now Turner, Bowden, and even Alexander in his you know he had a career day against Missouri with 17 rebounds and 14 points, three blocks. They're going to make sh- they're going to I think they're going to make those guys play their best basketball. They don't want Grant Williams to beat them, I'd imagine. No, and they're they're a pretty good defensive team, just like every Conzo Martin team is. Um, but they don't really have a lot offensively. I, I think we're we we should be able to dominate the paint because they don't really have a shot blocker. They don't yeah. have anybody that can, you know, um, you know, get people off their game. Uh, just being a big presence inside, right? So I, I feel like we should, you know, attack the basket. Have Jordan Bone, you know, run that offense, you know, get it into Grant, get it into Kyle. Admiral as well. Admiral's doing a great job of, you know, getting inside and not just forcing threes. Yeah, he he's he's helped us a lot over the last two to three games because he's finally just said, I've got to hit shots down low until I can get outside. Like right now I'm just not hitting outside. Fix, you know, get 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 what they give me and then we'll figure out the rest from there. Yeah. But I just, I just think this game is just <laughs> You know, another take care of business, and let's yep. blow them out, and let's move on to the next one. Definitely a take care of business game. Again, curious to see what Missouri does. They're not an exceptional three point three point shooting team. Um, I I feel like that's what any team's got to do right now, unless you're a Kentucky, LSU. 
I'm gonna <coughs> I'm gonna throw Auburn in that mix just because they're talented. You know, more talented yeah. than most SEC teams. I'm gonna throw Ole Miss because they, they were got blown out by Auburn. Yeah, did you see the score to that? Yeah, it was it was ugly. Ninety two to fifty eight. Yeah, um, it was bad. But I, I mean, Missouri doesn't have the talent to to go toe to toe with us for forty minutes. They don't want the smoke. They don't. And just you like you said, take care of business. I, I think they can give you. Know, I think they can test you. I think they're good enough to test you. Yeah. But like A and M. Once you get on, you you need to get those defensive stops, get on that run, put them away, and be done with it. You know the last ten minutes should be the last ten minutes. ESPN should change to something else. Yeah, I so, Um, I, I, they probably will anyway. They'll just put us on a different channel. I'd love that. I, I would love to do that for now on, uh, since it's their policy. Apparently, no one can tell me what that policy exactly is, but apparently it's a policy. Um, <laughs> shout out Brian Rice. Uh, but yeah, I'd take care of business. Whoop Conzo Martin's ass. Let's sign a petition to get him out of Thompson Bowling Arena on Tuesday night as well. Yeah, might as well. And it's not racist for all you out there who've done it before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's not racist for all you out there who think it's racist. So sorry. I know you want to. I know you want it to be, but I, I can't believe think it's available to the game. I know. I can't believe it's a nine p.m. tip off. Like, why? I don't. I mean, nine p.m. their time would be somewhat understandable because yeah. at least they're. I mean, eight's late for a Tuesday night, but. Yeah. Eight o'clock is like more understandable. Nine is terrible. Yeah, it's like I don't. I almost don't want to stay up for the game. <laughs> like I, I will, I will definitely stay up. Yeah, but like yeah. imagine going and you're not getting home till like midnight. Yeah, it's terrible. Hey, it'll probably still be twenty twenty two thousand in there. Twenty two thousand. Speaking of attendance, did you see where the MLS game had more than the Super Bowl? Really, the MLS final. And I mean that a lot of that goes with ticket prices and stuff. But mm. that's really the only should be the only factor keeping attendance down at the Super Bowl is price like yeah in terms of like just fine why and I've never (laughs) been to Atlanta like for a game so I don't know like if location has to do with any of that of how difficult Mm. it is maybe to get a room or something there might have been something else I don't know surely not in Atlanta it's such a big city that's what I thought but like I mean, like, I don't know exactly where the stadium is. It's in, like, the heart of Atlanta. Okay. But, like, there's, like, you know, the freaking their subway system, whatever it is, their mass transit system runs, like, right under the stadium. So, you could stay, like, far away from it. Like, you know, suburbs of Atlanta. Like, the real suburbs of Atlanta. Like, there's – I feel like it's easily easily accessible. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the big – I feel like probably what was keeping it down was a lot of people didn't like the matchup. Oh, yeah. Prices are expensive. L.A. doesn't even really have a fan base. <laughs> I mean, I, I would I would be pretty upset if I bought tickets in advance and that was the matchup. And then the Patriots, like, how often can, like, the common fan afford to go? Yeah. I mean, they went last year. <clears throat> yeah. So, did, who was in that year before that? I can't remember. Um, last year? No, the year before that. That was them, too. They won it, right? Two, three years ago? No. Was it the... That would have been 2000. It wasn't the 16. Uh, Browner, no, huh. not Browner. It wasn't the. Uh, it wasn't the Marshawn Lynch. I don't know. Was it the Marshawn Lynch one? There's no way. No, it was uh, the Falcons and the Patriots. Yeah. 28 to three. Yeah, there you go. That's so, was. like, how often can you afford to go? So I'm yeah. sure that has to have a little to little effect on it. And then they threw Portnoy out. Do you think they counted him in the? They probably that's probably they missed him. They counted him as two. He he passed by the checkpoint twice. Oh, did he? Yeah. He got in twice. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure they uh in and out. <laughs> but get that clicker going. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, but if you'd like to go to the game, you know, I'd like to take a second to tell you about our new friends from TickSplits, the official ticket provider of the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticket providers that sneak in extra fees and unexplained service charges at TickSplits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees shouldn't prevent you from seeing the sporting event, concert, or Broadway show of your choosing. Go to TickSplits.com and use and enter promo code promo code armchair at checkout to receive five percent off your ticket your total ticket purchase. That's C I X B L I T Z dot com promo code armchair. Tick splits guaranteed seats guaranteed emotions. We're not telling you not to go to the game. Go even if it's late, especially if you don't get if you won't get to watch this team again. Um, this year, go enjoy it. Man, I'm looking forward to that Kentucky game in Knoxville. Yeah, that'll be awesome. It'll be a good game. Um, so yeah, if you, if you get a chance, go out and go out and see him. Don't listen to us. We're just old. Just too old. Sign, dude. National Sign Day's here. I can't believe it's already here. That's insane to me. And it doesn't even matter. It like doesn't. It's, yeah, it's you're right. Like, like everybody is like already focusing on the 2020 class. Yeah. At this point, I can't believe it's already like. I don't know. It's I can't believe it's not a big deal anymore. Like just a few years ago, it was a huge deal. Yeah. It the early signing period does hurt it a little bit, obviously, but yeah. Um, and I, I think Tennessee is kind of over this. You know, they they have their one solid prospect that they're probably going to sign, and that might be it. Um, it looks like five-star offensive tackle Darnell Wright is expected to sign with Tennessee after his official visit this weekend. They also had on campus for an official visit five-star wide receiver George Pickens. Um, but right after his visit, stopped by Auburn, which he's also committed to. Um so don't think anything's going to go there. Um, Chris Russell canceled his official visit, and he tweeted out that he will not play for his home state team. So I think he might be going to Texas A&M. I don't really know what happened with that, but you know, for whatever reason, he, he might not like have liked that we put um, Henry Tioto probably ahead of him on our board. Yeah, um, but it looks like Tioto. He took his official visit to Alabama, still hearing from Washington. So, I think it's between them two. Tennessee's kind of a dark horse in that. I don't really think Tennessee has that much of a chance. If you'd have told me two weeks ago, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, it's Tennessee. <laughs> but he said he wasn't going to take a, a visit to Alabama, decided to do that, and it looks like he fell back in love with the Tide. So, you know, it kind of depends on if he wants to get off the West Coast or not. Right. Um, other than that, um, three-star defensive lineman uh, Christian Williams from uh, South Wind um, in Memphis decommitted from Minnesota. Was supposed to take an official visit to Tennessee last weekend. Decided not to. Um, don't really know kind of what the deal with that is. It, it seems like he was always trying to get up on campus and didn't for you know a number of reasons. But it looks like Oregon is probably his destination of choice right now. And, you know, I want to point out Harrison Bailey, uh, the four-star yeah. 2020 quarterback right now who is just doing a phenomenal job of peer recruiting and is DMing guys, trying to get guys on campus, trying to get guys to join him at Tennessee, and is, is just reaching out. And, you know, he, he wants to be the catalyst of this class and, you know, is, has been doing a great start to um, being exactly that. Right. So uh, I think he'll be the face of it. And then, you know, that that's a good sign for Tennessee that he's 
so invested in the program, kind of like Wanya Morris was. He right. thought you were going to have to fight teams for him left and right, but you know he just stayed committed to Tennessee and you know reached out and tried to get other people to come here. So definitely a good side for Tennessee, and definitely want to applaud him on doing a great job of you know trying to get other people here. Mention Wanya Morris, dude. When they brought them out at the basketball game, that dude is a massive human being. Like yeah. that's a grown man. Yeah, those are the people you need to be recruiting to be on your offensive line. Yeah, and Crouch and Chris Akpirogane is big too. I I read an article about him today, and they've said that he's really taking strides, and you know, he's gained like ten or fifteen pounds since he's been on campus. Already? Yeah. Good God, what is he eating? Oh, <laughs> protein, Jeez. protein, protein. Yeah. I was uh, I was listening to one of the um, strength co- assistant strength coaches. Yeah. Or. He was he might have been GA. He was with the strength and uh, strength coaches. He's talking about like how they have the linemen on like their diets, how they keep them bulking up. They have to like eat every like two to three hours. Yeah, like I don't understand how it's possible to eat every two to three hours. Yeah, so my cousin was a blue chip All American in the state of North Carolina, and you know the he got offers from like Tennessee, different stuff grades weren't really there so he went to western carolina Mm -hmm. um and they put him on a diet and he had to eat like every like full course meals every like two hours it's wild it's ridiculous well and you know you talk about like it's wild just how like different programs too like want different things and this is like a d1 to a d2 like when chase phillips was at tennessee like he they wanted him to bulk up like they wanted him really just fat like they fattened him up really before yeah. they tried to add on muscle like they're like you just have to get big first and then he goes to Carson Emman and it was part of the system they ran like they're like slimming him down like they want you like lean and yeah because they run they're running yeah like you know they needed you to be able to do different things as mm-hmm. a lineman so it's just it's just wild like how different and it's crazy like what programs like that can do for you too like that when they focus on a specific thing like he he was able to cut a ton of weight um, when yeah. he got to Carson Newman. And then when he was at UT, he was able to load on a ton of weight. It's wild. Yeah. It's cra- it's crazy. Um, also, um, T. Martin's son, Caden Martin, was on campus this week for, an, a, visit, uh, for a visit. And he's going to attend Catholic High School. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, but he's a 2022 quarterback, um, a dual threat guy. And uh, he's a great baseball player, too. So, hopefully, you know, Vitello can get in there as well and, right. get, him, and get him on that uh, – um, to play both, but you know, it was nice to see him wearing that number seventeen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, this is basketball recruiting, but the Vols are getting a visit from Jalen Cohn. He's a four-star point guard. He's twenty twenty, so this is next cycle. Um, but they're getting a visit from him for the Kentucky game. Uh, don't really know a ton about the twenty twenty recruiting cycle as of now, but that's big to be getting uh, guys rated that high, especially from somewhere like North Carolina. Yeah. So he's the number nine guard in the 2020 cycle. Uh, he's already getting interest from ACC schools and a few SEC schools as well. He's 5'11". Uh, so, I mean, not a huge guy. How big is Jordan Bone, though? I mean, He's just, probably around that. Yeah, well. just to give an example. That, I feel like that's the only thing. I know, sorry to jump out of recruiting straight into this. I feel like that's the only thing right now that's probably got Jordan Bone, like, low on the NBA radar is his size. But, I mean, he makes up for it in speed and then, like, when he's shooting, his size obviously doesn't lack. His ability to elevate, especially like stop on a dime and elevate, is very mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, and 
You know, speaking of him, he uh, he was awarded a finalist for the Bob Cousy Award. He also got SEC Player of the Week. Yep. I forgot to mention that when we talked Tennessee basketball. So, so that's awesome to see. I mean, accolades every, keep coming in from Georgia. Yeah, everyone, everyone knows, everyone that's watched Tennessee basketball this year, and even some last year, knew last year you kind of knew he had it in him. You saw flashes. And then since the beginning of the season this year, he, he's shown that he's had it. Um, and probably, you know, just – Starting in conference play a couple times uh, in December, you know he had those stats to go along with it. Yeah. Uh, now he's controlling the offense, has the stats, and he's just proven how elite he is. Yeah, and going back to football recruiting, you have two commits currently: um, three-star defensive tackle Ladarius Cox looks like he is probably headed to Auburn, and then you have four-star um, safety Anthony Harris. He looks to be a blue shirt candidate. You know, it's weird that a four star would be a blue shirt candidate, but it looks like his grades are really impacting his recruitment. Gotcha. Um, so he is a candidate for that. Hasn't taken an official visit. And then three star cornerback Kenny Solomon. Um, he was the one that we talked to Matt Ray uh, right. about about run a really good forty time at the Duke camp. Um, he's a guy from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, that. You know, I feel like he really wants to be at Tennessee. That he's kind of probably just waiting for that say so. Right. Wait, wait, waiting for that okay to to go ahead and sign. He hasn't taken an official visit either, so that blue shirt is blue also shirt available. Those blue shirt candidates are big for being able to pat on extra people to your yeah. class, and we need that right now. I mean, obviously you want quality over quantity, but at this point we also need quantity. Yeah. We've got to find that. We've got to find that middle ground of quantity and quality. For yeah. sure. So, uh, blue shirt is big in being able to do that. And it helps because those blue shirts are guys who want to be here. Yeah. So, they're not and, just. And they're willing to put in the work to earn that scholarship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, looking forward at the Super Bowl, I guess back at the Super Bowl. Forward in our show, back in time, uh, we got the Super Bowl last night. A pretty boring affair. And, you know, coming out of halftime, Tony Romo said, if you like defensive football, you'll like this game. But I feel like the defenses weren't having this overall impact on it. Like, they weren't making inc- – obviously, they had an impact because they didn't score. Yeah. But it wasn't like they were just making incredible plays to stop. I feel like the offenses were stalling out more than anything mm-hmm. um, because both teams were both teams were playing it safe and waiting on the other team to make a mistake. I, I feel like the Rams defense definitely played, you know, good enough to win. Yeah, I, I feel like they are doing a good job of getting stops. Now they weren't getting a ton of um, turnovers or anything right. like that, just making exceptional sacks or anything. But they're getting stops. I, I think that's what it is for both teams. Neither team was really creating a bunch of turnovers, but both teams were playing like you said. The Rams played winning football. The Patriots defense played winning football. Really, neither of the offenses played winning football. No, and, and but I think you know when you think about a really good defensive affair, you're thinking of a defense that just creates chaos and limits the offense from doing much of anything, I feel like the offenses were just being really conservative and refused to try to make plays. They were kind of letting the de- either the defense make mistakes or the opposing offense make a mistake. Yeah. It wasn't – they weren't attacking the defense. They weren't um, – and, I mean, the only time they did, the Patriots, it, it felt like was early in the game they would only attack them with Julian Edelman. And then that last drive of the game, it felt like they finally attacked him, and that's when they scored. Yeah. They finally went downfield a couple times and, and that's when they went down and scored. It it was a very bleak affair. Um I mean it was overall a decent football game. Uh it was the Super Bowl. Um but I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't like the it wasn't as good as the Super Bowl last year. Nope. Um or a few Super Bowls in the past. It was meh. 
Yeah, I didn't think Jared Goff played very well at no, all. But, I mean, a lot of people were, like, surprised. I'm like, he's not been really that good all year. No. The reason that offense has been good is because Todd Gurley, which has allowed Jared Goff to be a decent quarterback this season. And I, I, th- I thought he played poor, too. For whatever reason, if he was hurt or whatever. Right. He, if he was hurt, he shouldn't have been in the game. But C.J. Anderson didn't play that well either. So, you know, I feel like you got to give credit to the Patriots that they were able to – to stop those guys and, you know, put it on the back of Jared Goff to try to win on the game, and it didn't work. No. No, it didn't. And he he missed on several good passes. But, dang, Julian Edelman had 10 catches for 141 yards. How many – How many? I want to know. I want to watch the game again and see how many of those were outside the hashes, how many of those were outside throws. They just, like – at what point are you going to say to Tom Brady, beat me outside the hashes? Yeah. Because he want like he wants that ball over the middle. He'll make that throw every single time. He won't make it outside the hashes a ton, especially if you're you know if you're defending really well out there. Yeah, and I don't know. It just blew my mind how often they were letting Julian Edelman beat him over the middle. Uh, I mean, it's a different story if he just plays a really good game and beats you at not his game. It's a different story. Uh, but I feel like they let him play his game. They let Tom Brady play his game, and of course they're going to beat you. Tom Brady's one of the best ever. Of course, he's going to beat you playing his game. Yeah, he's, he's probably going to beat you playing any other game. You just made it easy on him. But and I mean Belichick. I mean Belichick obviously came in with a great game plan. I mean, I, if you if you think Tom Brady's the bet the greatest of all time, you have to think Bill Belichick's the greatest of all time, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean that that's easy because I mean I I'm not saying Tom Brady would have been trash without Belichick. I'm not saying that at all. But I don't think you're mentioning him like you are if he doesn't get to the Patriots. Yeah, he's I agree. Not, so he, I, I would say, I mean, I don't, I'd say he still has a pretty good NFL career. But you're definitely not talking about his sixth Super Bowl win, and you, he may not even be in the greatest of all time talk if yeah, not for Belichick. Not. He, I don't know, he could be, I guess, but I just doubt it. I know you're not talking about his sixth Super Bowl win today. I know no. that for sure. No, definitely not. You might be talking about um, what's his name? What was the guy that? Got benched for Brady. Oh my gosh! They went to the Super- yeah, you might be talking about Drew Bledsoe's tenth. <laughs> yeah, <you> could be. <laughs> so, uh, but the halftime show was trash too. That was horrible. yeah. We only watched like half of it. I, one of my fails of the week, I'll go ahead and say, is Travis Scott. I didn't watch this part. Apparently, he got on stage and did one of his songs, and like it was just twelve seconds. They had to bleep out the whole thing. Yeah, it was sicko mode. So why would you even go out and perform? I have no clue. Like you know, they can't put that on TV. I guess for the people in the stands, but like. At the same time, the best part was Big Boy. Yeah. At the same time, like if you're a rapper, like have some decency about yourself in that way. Like there are kids there who didn't come to see Travis Scott perform. Yeah. And the parents like didn't plan on that. Like they didn't just come to your concert and you're like, oh well, it's the parents' fault for taking him to a Travis Scott concert. That wasn't the case. Yeah. So I just feel like the lineup was weird. It just didn't. It did make sense. And I know they're trying to reach every audience. But I think Maroon Five's terrible. So yeah, I, d- I don't like Maroon Five. I don't think Travis Scott is that great. And you know, I, Big Boy, I feel like that was for older people. Yeah, because it was Outcast. Maybe Twenty One Savage was supposed to perform, and then he got deported. So yeah, it could have been possible. <clears throat> Which is one of the fun. Have you seen the tweets about that? I saw where one of his um, lyrics is like, "She's five and five, my ride or die." 
And it's like the picture the of the Queen of England. Yeah. There's some like great ones. There's like one about a, he's like, I've got my firing squad at something like that. And it's like all the guards sitting outside the Buckingham Palace. <laughs> and then someone tweeted, they were like, in 21 Savage lyric, says in ninth grade, I, I was playing football. They were like, he was actually talking about soccer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I saw like Demi Lovato like tweeted about it, like making fun of it. And she got so much backlash that she just like deleted her Twitter. Or her whole Twitter? Yeah. Dang. Like, somebody was... like Somebody, people, like, gave it are, to her. People are really upset that people are making fun of... They're like, um, deportation is, is serious, and it's it's not funny. I'm just like... Wait, so, like, these are probably the same people that are, like, build that wall. <laughs> like, it's probably the same people. It, it's definitely the same people who, like, dig up... The like, anti-gay tweets from 10 years ago? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh... What was I going to say? Oh, how do they not catch 21 Savage when he like, got a felony in, like, 2015? Like, did they just not do their research? Like, <laughs> They're like, oh, your visa expired in 2007. Oh, <clears throat> okay, cool. You're a felon. Bye. Have fun. You're good. Go ahead. They spent more time. The Atlanta Police Department spent more time on Barstool Sports than they did 21 Savage, apparently. Probably. <laughs> and he got arrested for, like, something <laughs> serious in 2007. Or not 2007, 2015. I'm, I'm going to look it up real quick. Like something serious enough that it was a felony. Poor guy. Deported. Out of the greatest country in the world and sucks. Yeah, I... I, I don't really feel bad. Because you can't do that. <laughs> but... Didn't say anything about his... Uh, like getting the citizenship is probably... I, I would feel like it would be pretty easily... Easy for the guy if he actually, like, pursued it. Yeah, surely. Because, like, you were working in the United States. Yeah. So, I don't know. Whatever. Oh, well. See you 21 Savage. Yeah. And will he still rap in the UK or is, like, that done? Is, like, his street cred down? Because <laughs> he was, like, a Do they like, have rappers in the UK, you think? Surely. I mean, I think they do, but they can't be good. He's probably the best rapper in the UK right now. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. That's Spin Zone. Spin Zone 21 Savage. You're now the best rapper in the UK. Congrats. But really bad for Street Craig because I'm pretty sure he was like, like his big thing was like he was from Atlanta. Like he was like, you know, OG Atlanta. (laughs) Turns out. (laughs) Turns out he's not. No. I can't find the, he definitely, oh, okay. He was convicted of felony drug charges in October 2014 in Fulton County, Georgia. Street cred, bro. That's all it was for. He was with young nudie when he got arrested by ICE. Hmm. Yeah. That was going to be my rapper name if I became Young nudie? Is, it, is that how you pronounce it? N-U-D-Y? I don't know who that is. So. I don't I don't either. There's rapper names are beyond me. Like, Why is how everybody do you... young or little? Yeah. Why can't they just be old shit or like... <laughs> old shit? Old shit. It's probably a terrible rapper name. <laughs> old poop. Hey, here's the good news. If the accusations are true, 21 Savage will become the first British rapper to have a number one single on the Billboard Hot 100. Congrats, yeah. man. Best you're breaking Now you're breaking your own records. Like you're breaking records. You're shattering glass ceilings, man. I like it. What if he just... What if it comes out like even worse, like he just stole someone's identity? <laughs> is that... Well, is that worse? I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe... Maybe you have like a Ponzi scheme with uh, Billy McFarlane. I, mean, I would say that's possible. Uh, Fire Festival. Maybe he was he was gonna perform at the Fire Festival, and that's how they got it. That's how they caught him. 
Like, that's how they, like, got on this trail. <laughs> there you go. That's why he didn't, that's why he didn't go, because, yeah. well, well, where was it at? Was it outside Bahamas. the U.S.? It was in the Bahamas. Okay, so he would have had to travel outside the U.S., so then he wouldn't have been able to come back in. You're right. That's probably it. That's mm-hmm. why he didn't go. That's why it's his fault, not Jaw yeah, Rule. Everything's falling it's, back on Jaw Rule. It's 21 Savage. It's 21 fault. Savage. Yeah. We're going to start that rumor. Yeah, let's do it. Also, right now, with 11.50 remaining, Virginia Tech's only scored four points in the first half. Nice. They were the ones who played NC State on Saturday, weren't they? Yeah. Wow, that's my they're, they're number 11 in the country. That's terrible. And they have four points. NFL. The SEC is weak. Shut the. Yeah, I don't know, like, who is good. Cause I, I there feel like there they, is no good overall conference this year. Yeah, because there is not. The SEC has kind of been um, disappointing. The SEC has been terrible, but there's really no, like, overall good good. Yeah. I would conference. probably say the ACC is probably the best, but just because, I mean, but really just because their rankings. Like if you go and look at who they've lost to, yeah, just like Duke, Virginia, North Carolina. That's probably it. Yeah, they're they're not good. The ACC is not good this year. Not any better than any other league, league as a whole. Um, like if you matched them up top to bottom, it would probably yeah everything you would could balance probably out. Put everything the would balance ten out up there too. Big Ten and ACC are probably the two best, and I still think if you match them up against the SEC, Big 12, bowl ball, like top three games are good. After that, everything's probably a toss-up. Yeah. The Pac-12 is pretty crap. Yeah, that's probably the only one that doesn't fit in. Yeah. Who knows, though? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, NFL awards. Yeah, so Pepsi Rookie of the Year, um, that is – Okay, so there is a Rookie of the Year. And then there's an Offensive Rookie of the Year. <laughs> so what am I on? I'm on the NFL – website right now so what is the pepsi rookie of the year it's just i guess sponsored by pepsi it's the rookie of the year huh so they just like pick between the offensive and defensive rookie of the year mm, i guess that's possible i don't know i don't know it's weird but the fedex air player of the year was patrick mahomes fedex ground was saquon barkley i don't know I don't know how it works, but I don't know. FedEx on. and Pepsi. That okay, I don't care about it either one of those. Those <laughs> don't make any sense to me. Um, defensive Player of the Year: Los Angeles Rams. Defensive tackle: Aaron Donald. No surprise. No surprise. Yeah. Um, he played really that, good. That the other dude night. was a freak. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the Salute to Service Award is, so I'm not going to read that one either. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year: New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Again, no surprise. Um, AP Offensive Player of the Year, Patrick Mahomes, and then AP Rookie of the Year, um, Indianapolis Colts, long, Colts linebacker Darius Leonard. That dude. Is there not just a defensive player of the year? Yeah, it was Aaron Donald. Oh, it was just up here. Why is it so out of order? What in the world? Yeah, sorry. I knew that. Comeback Player of the Year, um, Colts quarterback Andrew Luck. Coach of the Year. Oh, Assistant Coach of the Year. Bears defensive coordinator Vic um, Fangio, maybe? Fangio. I don't Fangio. know how to say it. Um, okay, coach, here we go. Back to normal awards. <laughs> coach of the Year, Chicago Bears coach uh, Matt Nagy, and then MVP, um, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you're not going to mention the touchdown celebration here? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Seahawks. Wait, where's that? Oh, oh yeah. 
Hey, Walter Payton Man of the Year, that's a big deal. That it is was. a big deal. Uh, Chris I will actually mention that one. The other ones, no. Get out of here. <laughs> is it worth mentioning that the clutch play of the year happened on the Super Bowl winner? Like, it was against the Super Bowl winner? Where is that at? Uh, the, well, what was it? I can't remember the name of it now. The Bridgestone clutch performance play of the year was the Miami Miracle. <laughs> that's hilarious. When Gronk... When you kind of question whether so does that cancel out the Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. The Patriots didn't win. Sorry, sorry guys. Although they did, they did like their celebration at the end with the boombox and playing Mo Bamba. <laughs> I was, I was intrigued. That was a sweet boombox. Yeah, I was. Like, I, I at first, I didn't it. think it was like playing it, and then yeah. turn around, you could, like see the speakers vibrate. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, it is. Yeah, I definitely want one of those. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I bet those are like a couple grand. Mode. Yeah, price range. <laughs> Uh, but the Walter Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Eagles defensive end Chris Long, great guy, great guy, hilarious guy, and, and all those all those um, players from all thirty two teams that were nominated for Man of the Year, we applaud you. Yeah, if you didn't Thank vote you for, for you did. if you didn't vote for uh, Britton Colquitt though, f you. Yeah. So I didn't vote at all. But so I guess that's me. I, actually, I did. Did you? I think I you could vote two players, and I picked Julius Peppers and Brick Goldwood. Nice. Nice, nice. Nice. Um, going on into our segments, I got most important of the week. What you got? I got Mookie Betts. Mookie. How do you say his name? Mookie Betts. That's right. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, who cares, though? Because the dude is not only an all-star in the MLB, he's also a phenomenal bowler. Dude rolled a perfect game in the qualifying rounds of the PBA Celebrity Invitational and then went on to beat Terrell Owens and whoever the hell Pete Weber is uh, to win the World Series champion. So, Or World Series champion, the PBA champion. And like his bowling stroke is one of the more impressive things I've ever seen. Like He is a phenomenal bowler. Yeah. Which I didn't see Terrell Owens. Obviously, Terrell Owens is probably pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what he was able to do with the ball, like, he could he could manipulate the ball in so many ways. It was it was freaking – if you haven't seen the video yet, go to MLB, MLB's Twitter um, and watch it or just look it up on YouTube, I guess. It is freaking impressive. Yep. So, my most important um, is – comes from women's basketball. Shikala Hill um, from Grambling State. Had 21 points, 16 rebounds, 13 assists, and 10 steals in a game for a quadruple double. She now has two career quadruple doubles. I didn't know about the first uh-huh. one, um, but this was supposedly her second one. So, And nice. I don't care who you're playing or where you're playing. Um, if you're getting a quadruple double, impressive. Damn. It's a, you're, you're tearing it up. Yeah. <laughs> you're tearing it up. Um, my next most important, I should have looked up the – oh, uh, the name of the mascot. I'm sorry, Spurs mascot. But the Spurs Coyote, he was dressed as Batman and during the Spurs game ran out on the court and caught a bat in his net. And it was freaking impressive. It was like a diving catch. Did yeah. you see the video? He was surprised he got it too. Yeah. <laughs> it was freaking impressive. Like a full on, like full extension diving catch. Caught yeah. the bat in the net. So shout out shout out to the Spurs Coyote. Pretty pretty nice. You got any more most important? That is my last most important. I don't think I have any more either. Actually I do. Admiral Schofield locked our tweet, which it's could terrifying. be a fail. That's terrifying. It, it could be a fail. Um, this could be we the lost. end we of just more just, important issues, just, as you know it. Um, 
but we're still in it now, so you know maybe you just wait. I don't know if this is a most important or a fail. Most important for I think it's hilarious. A lot of people hated it, thought it was mean. But a Florida girl matched with an Ole Miss basketball player on Tinder the night before their game, and <laughs> printed out the entire text and passed them out to the student section. And they were like reading them aloud to him. And a lot of people were like, that's an invasion of privacy. And I was like, no, it's not. He chose to have the conversation with her. Yeah, like. And it's hilarious because he's like, yeah, come pick me up and, you know, we're not supposed to leave, but I'll leave for you. <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm getting in the shower. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know what you're about to get. It was great. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> like, he chose to have the conversation. I, I don't feel bad for him. I mean, I feel, yeah, bad, <clears throat> I feel bad for him to an extent, but like. But props for bringing that up at a game. Oh, yeah. Like, that's some South, that's some 2013 South Pacific Because, like, for the girl, stuff. like. Everybody knows you're on Tinder. Everybody knows you're, you. You you obviously match with a guy, right? Um, so you obviously liked what he looked like. There so. you go. I, and yeah, I mean that's some 2013 South Pole student section stuff. Yep. Um, that stuff took us far. We were good at that kind of stuff. And um, I didn't think of a lot of games. I didn't think a team would top that, and she just did single handedly. Yeah. So shout out to her Love for it. sure. Um, fail of the week. Fail of the week. I got a few. I, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so, Virginia Tech and NC State played. Um, the final, the final was 47-24. to 24. Virginia Tech won that one. Um, NC State was ranked number 23. Virginia Tech was ranked number 12. Is the lowest um, lowest amount of points scored by a ranked opponent in the shot clock era. Yeah, that's terrible. It's awful. There was a game when Ray Mears, this is before the shot clock, um, I can't remember who he played. I think I want to say Western Kentucky, and they were a really good team. So the way he combated it is he would just dribble the entire time. And the final score was like eight to six. And we won. Nice. <laughs> I need to look it up to to confirm the entire story. I'll bring that if you remind me. I'll try to bring that to the next episode. Nice. Um, my ne- my first fail of the week is the Saints. Um, they pressed. They tried to uh, sue the NFL. Uh, and the U.S. District Judge was like, this is ridiculous. So, uh, I don't understand why you're bringing this. Like, they were like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so, sorry, Saints. Your lawsuit was an epic fail. <laughs> um, I got another fail. The college football uh, news at Total College Football tweeted, who is the greatest college football team of all time? Round two. It was between Alabama and Tennessee. There were 200... There are 2,343 votes. An odd number, right? How is it 50? I guess there's a fail on Twitter. How is it 50-50? Ooh. Do not know. I think that's a odd number. I'm not great at math, but I don't think that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when it gets that high that it's, it's just, just like, like it becomes an even number. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, don't, I can't count to that high, so. Yeah, I'm not good at that. No. I'm not good at that. Any more fails? I do, and it's just... Uh, go Vols extra. Um, you of know, course. Just, just doing their thing. Just, just follow them for a fail in itself. Well, I, I don't know why people keep letting them post anything because right. it's just total crap. If you need a fail for every day, just follow them. They'll yeah. get you one. So the, they tweeted Super Bowl Cordell Patterson, two seasons with the UT Vols was a blessing. Um, he was only here for one year. Um, Barely. He was here for a semester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So not even like. Because yeah. we didn't go to a bowl game. Not even two semesters. Yeah. So I don't know where they got two from. Um, and then the next one, they said, what is UT Vols basketball's next challenge as a number one team? Just look at the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's pretty easy. Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, what? Like, who comes up with the 
and the the stories are <clears throat> are not that bad. They're they're not the greatest. The headlines are terrible. Yeah, the headline. Like who the hell makes it? Yeah, it's bad. It's rough. Bad. Um, my next fail is Vol recruiting. Vol Nation recruiting at Vol recruiting ninety eight. They tweeted. Vols ranked second in the country in returning offensive and defensive starters, returning 91% of offensive production. Huge could be a good year for the boys. First off, terrible sentence. Huge could be a good year for the boys. Um, our offense was absolutely terrible. I don't know if I want to return 91% of that. <laughs> yeah. 91% of shit. And then my next point to that is, yeah, what is, yeah, what is, is 91% of shit better than shit? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also I'd say like half of those dudes won't even be starting next year. So are we really returning them? Yeah. <laughs> Just fail. Um, my next fail, I hate to do this. I really do because I love the Lady Falls. But if you watch that sequence of basketball, I'm not even call it basketball. If you watch <laughs> that sequence of whatever that was, that was terrible. Um, it was in the early minutes of the game. Uh, Vanderbilt went on a fast break. Also failed a vanity. I'm not just going to say ball Did basketball. you see the full sequence? Yeah. The f- the full sequence is terrible. <coughs> I'm going to try my best to walk you through it. So here's what happens. We're in the offensive end. We turn the ball over. Vandy goes on a fast break. We are def- No, so you missed like the whole sequence. Are you talking about where we... There was like 85 missed baskets. Right I thought that was before or after the Vandy missed layup. No, so that was... That was before they went on a fast break. Okay. So they got the ball and then went on. A fast okay, break. so we have a girl that drives it in a lane, tries to shoot over a girl, but somehow hits. She hits the top of the rim. She gets her own rebound somehow after she's like falling over a shot. She puts it back up, terribly misses it. It gets tipped around. The ball is going out of bounds. We have a girl die for it, and while she's on the ground, somehow throws it over a Vandy defender to a wide open girl, who then jacks up a terrible shot at some point. In this sequence, she dribbles in. I think Jacks one up. Somebody hit the bottom of the rim. <laughs> That's against Vandy, isn't it? Or Vandy shot? Or did we hit the bottom of the rim too? We hit the bottom of the rim. Jesus Christ! This is too <laughs> much to handle. Um, then Vandy goes on a fast break, and we have two girls out in front of her. I don't know who they step to defend. No idea. It doesn't make sense. We run into each other on the opposite side of the court mm-hmm. of the girl driving. She shoots a wide-open layup into the bottom of the rim. It's bad. It's legitimately the worst 50 seconds of basketball. Let's just – let's – oh, no. He he doesn't have the full thing. Then rem- it reminds McGee, me of McKee. Dwight Schrute when he's like – he's like, yeah, the, the NBA and the – the WNBA and the NBA, one's yeah. a joke, one's a sport. I like jokes. I like sports. I thought you were going to say it's like Dwight <laughs> – playing basketball is like, dude, Dwight was a baller. It's like Michael Scott playing basketball. <laughs> or Stanley. Stan- oh, yeah, Stanley was terrible. He's like, Stanley, what? <laughs> I need to find this video now. Where is it? Where is it at? Surely it's somebody's got the full thing. I don't know. It, it's it's bad. It's I, I can't call it basketball. I really can't. Um, it's that bad. I want to find it. I, can, I, I don't know if I want to remember it, but I do want to watch oh, it again and laugh. No, this isn't it. I found the six-second one of just the girl dribbling and sh- jacking up a terrible layup. But that was it. Um, that was my last That was my last fail of the week, though. Y'all can, I guess, just listen to us try to find this because, I mean, I'm going to laugh hard. Yeah. I don't know where it's at, though. 
I, I just looked up Lady Vols on Twitter, and there's more pictures of Admiral Schofield at the Lady Vols game than there are actual Lady Vols pictures or videos. So that that's good. That's sad. It's really good. This is terrible. Also, somehow after that, the score ended up being at one point like sixty-two to fifty-seven. Yeah, like they somehow did score. We won like we scored like 82, 82 points. I mean, this I'm watching it now. Here, let's start it over. The girl that throws falling down over a girl is probably yeah, one the of the bottom of the. Ring. Okay, it's probably so they didn't even show the first girl driving in and missing it, or is that right here? Okay, this right here. Drives in, terrible miss. She gets her own rebound, falling over. Hits the bottom of the backboard. Yeah. This girl hits bottom of the bat rim. Fast break. What do they do? Who are they going to defend? Dude, it's it's just like when, what is going on. It's like when those Florida defenders were blocking each other. That's worse. At least they were like trying to block for the ball or something. <laughs> well, at least when the lady balls made contact, they're like, "Oh, this is stupid." But the Florida players just kept blocking. Each but at least he he blocked somebody. I mean, at least if he gets chewed out in film, he's like, "Listen, I put my hands on somebody and I drove them back. Go full speed." <laughs> yeah, like I wasn't looking around to see I was blocking. I'm a football guy. I don't do that. Yeah, but. I, that's the at least the second worst series of basketball I've ever seen in my entire life, if not the worst. But I'm pretty sure one time I watched a girls' basketball game where the four straight possessions, one one of the teams went down and airballed four straight times. Damn. So I can't say it's definitely the worst, but it's a, it's one or two. It's close. It's close. That's all my fails for the week. That's all I got. Guys, tomorrow night, <laughs> stay up late, 9 p.m. Drink yeah. your coffee tomorrow morning. Still number one. We're bringing the bow down, and we out.